Being the Worst, Episode 10, recorded live, Tuesday, October 2nd, 2012. From beingtheworst.com, it's the Being the Worst podcast, audio apprenticeships for the aspiring software craftsman, with your hosts, Carrie Street and Renat Abdullah. In this episode, Carrie and Renat discuss when they will wrap up the Car Factory domain and then introduce the Don't Break the Chain domain. That domain and sample project will be used for the next set of episodes and code samples. And now, here are Carrie and Renat. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Carrie, and I'm here with Renat. Hello, Renat. Hey, guys. How are you doing? That was an interesting way to say hello. Uh, it's called not saying um and dragging your voice out because you don't know what to say. So we're back here. want to apologize a little bit for some audio quality issues we had in the last episode. We'll try to do better at that next time when we have, if and when we have other guests. Um, it happens. We'll try to maybe think about getting a transcript for that, but hope you got some value out of that. In this episode, we are going to discuss a new domain that we're going to be getting into, and Renato will give us some details in a second. But I just wanted to kind of give uh, you guys an update on where we are in the journey here, and so we don't get lost. So when we last were going in sort of a sequential order, on episode seven, we got into refactory, and we were talking about refactoring the car factory domain. And a homework assignment for episode seven was assigned. And that's when uh, I went off and should have been doing the homework. And I started doing the homework in my perfectionist ways, which have been laxing these days. But I still have those tendencies. So I'm going to probably take another 12 years to do my homework. And when I get that done, I really will try to get it done at some point, Renat. But when I do eventually get that done, we will actually finish up reviewing the refactoring of Episode 7's homework, the notes that I've been taking on all the previous episodes. Quite honestly, the, the main delay was these days I don't remember every little detail anymore until I write it down. So I've gone back and started to document my own notes from the past episodes because I really think that foundational stuff in there is really important. So that's why I'm spending a lot of time just going back, remembering what Renat was saying, making sure I understood what was described there so that I can apply it to the homework and not just kind of do the, the easy way of you know pasting some specifications into the homework and forgetting about it. I'm really trying to force myself to learn it. So Sorry about the delay, but that's what's causing it, uh, in addition to some other scheduling things. But today, Renat, you're going to tell me about a new exciting project that's been started in the LOCAD.CKRS community that we're going to actually be able to piggyback on for our upcoming learning. Okay. So uh, once again, just to make sure that we don't have any confusion with the sequence of episodes, although this is being the worst and it's kind of a random journey. So uh, when we started our first episode, we we're going from basics of messaging for the uh, ubiquitous language for the commands, events, and for the uh, factory sample. So uh, this pass, like this first dive into the domain modeling, will be over in the next episode, in which uh, we'll go over Carrie's homework and actually finish bringing this together in more production-friendly uh, application service sample, which brings together uh, event sourcing, uh, aggregate specification testing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in this episode, we're actually starting uh, the next run and pass within the being the worst sample. It will be a new domain, and this time it will be sli- something slightly more real. And it was actually initiated uh, in Look at Secure's Google group, where people wanted to have something more real and some project that would show true value of building a distributed system with uh, all the details of doing production-capable system. 
Uh, so after a bit of discussion, it seems that currently the consensus is to start with a really simple domain, something that is uh, both exciting and something that can be extended to more complicated areas. Uh, and actually the idea of this uh, domain that we'll be talking about, it's really close uh, in heart to the, being the worst. It's actually about getting better. So uh, there is this personal kind of productivity technique that was mentioned on the internet multiple times ago. Uh, it's called Don't Break the Chain. The idea is that you can achieve outstanding results in almost any field of the study, uh, in almost any field where you choose to focus, as long as you dedicate a bit of your time continuously, for example, like 15 minutes every day, pushing and pushing and pushing. And this approach is more productive as compared to a situation where you, for example, set a huge goal. I used to do that a lot. Uh, like, for example, start learning French language. And then you get some course, and then you spend first day on the hype doing a couple of hours, second day a couple of more hours, third day maybe even three hours, and then you start burning out. And what people noticed that it's not the hype, it's not the force that gets you to the goal, it's the continuous and ongoing effort where step by step you are getting closer to the goal. And to help people motivate and move in this direction, I don't remember the name of the guy, but we'll post uh, references to the articles in the podcast notes. So uh, the idea is that uh, when you set a goal, you dedicate yourself to spending like a little bit of time every day, uh, like 15 minutes, 10 minutes uh, on that goal. And for every day where you spend put your effort to that goal, you put a big red cross to a calendar. As days pass, uh, you'll have more and more uh, red crosses like going up in a chain. And the idea is that once you have the chain, you just keep on uh, getting it longer. Uh, at some point, you'll have, for example, like already 14, 15 days in a row where you were spending 15 minutes on your task. And at that point, you might find it that it's easier actually to spend uh, 15 minutes today as opposed to breaking the chain. Because chain, it's something that happened in the past, it's kind of an accomplishment, and you just want to keep it going. And that's not the ideal approach, but so far I find it extremely helpful in motivating and in moving towards uh, some goal in small, small incremental steps. And the idea is with the CQRS approach and being the worst journey is to actually model the application that helps you to track your chains online. So uh, this can be a web, uh, web application with a mobile client with like Android iOS clients where there is a central server which keeps tracks of chains of multiple people and there are multiple uh, client applications that can be synchronized with that chain. Cool. And uh, granted the domain is like the first iteration of the domain is that simple. It's probably either aggregate per user or aggregate per chain where uh, we persist only uh, the name of the chain and which days we were pushing the effort in. And then probably there is a projection that displays uh, everything like in, in a few ways, like one in one calendar per chain, and then maybe the other one, it's uh, all chains altogether. However, if we have this something simple done together, then it will actually be quite possible to add more complexity in that domain. For example, adding gamification and adding badges. Uh, like if you manage to have uh, 15 days in a row on one chain, 
then you're getting a word of accomplishment master badge, something similar to Stack Overflow. Mm-hmm. And there actually is more and more complexity uh, where we can add. For example, uh, adding collaboration where we can encourage other people uh, to keep on going uh, with their chains, or we can have uh, accomplishments, etc., etc. The idea here is to start with something extremely simple, something that feels so simple that it's dead easy. And once we have this ready, we can always improve from there. Once again, it's a small step in building a complex piece, which is about helping people to move forward in uh, small bits. And uh, one additional idea for this inspiration was about, I think it's Nerd Dinner. It's a project that was implemented uh, by developers for learning. And if I'm mistaken, it was ported uh, into multiple platforms. So uh, here we're trying something else that is, once again, might help the community. And it's also a motivational piece in its own. So what do you think, Kerry? I think it's great. Um, maybe some housekeeping stuff. A, a couple of questions came to mind while I was listening. Number one would be, in your experience, if you've ever done anything similar and you're you're basically using the community and a Google discussion group to talk about the domain and what the project's going to be about, who becomes the voice of the domain expert and how do we know if the ubiquitous language is being defined properly? Like, who, What would we use as sort of the authority for now to do that? Well, in this case, what we would like to do is to actually work through the real-world domain modeling process. So there is no authority. The authority is domain model itself. So uh, with this uh, podcast episode, what I'm trying to start is, uh, like, later on, we'll do a quick discussion of what I actually, the words uh, mm-hmm. in them and how they fall together. But this idea will then have to be captured in text and worded through a couple of times till we have a really short description that makes sense to everybody. Okay, and and uh, you mentioned that we'll put some links uh, to this episode about that. Is is don't break the chain actually written down somewhere other than you know, hey Jerry Seinfeld told me to cross some X's off the calendar, or is that pretty much all we need to start? Technically, it's something. It's all we need to start. Okay, uh, a couple of applications uh, out there that help to implement uh, don't break the chain. Okay, but and they're quite simple and they're really how to say. Broken apart. Like there is one application that potentially has web UI and maybe some a smart client UI. I think it's for Android. Mm-hmm. And there is another application that exposes another part of functionality. Although technically this domain is so simple, so uh, it makes me wonder why nobody bothered to implement like a full and proper stack around this simple and motivating approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool because you can almost, I can see where. Especially in the multi-user use case, you where you can almost if you're sort of like a pre-dependency, for example, Carrie, finish your episode seven homework because you're going to break the chain because you're not the next in the chain. I mean, that's, I might be breaking the uh, the whole spirit of it, but uh, I can see how multiple people that are trying to keep one chain going, you can use the social pressure and the achievements or whatever to kind of motivate you to like, it's my turn on Wednesday to get my stuff done. I don't want to be the one idiot that screws it up for everybody for our three month streak because I just don't feel like it. You know, that, that kind of peer pressure and obligation and commitment to the to someone other than yourself can really drive your motivation and getting things done so that's that's cool so like this with the social aspect i guess uh, there are 
could be one or two people, including my grandma, who would be posting encouraging comments. Hey, don't break the chain. Hey, publish the episode. Hey, publish. <laughs> exactly, with little icons and sad faces, and your grandma will be sad facing me, and I'll feel so guilty, and I'll stay up all night. But yeah, no, but yeah, there's some interesting. I, I think uh, some good learning things. Pretty straightforward domain to use. It can end up being actually useful and fun, and, and sounds like you know there, there's a couple of fun things we can do just just for the heck of it in there too. So. That's really cool. Um, maybe for people like me that haven't really used Google Groups too much just because I never really got into the news group uh, format much. I don't like reading giant long lists of 25 posts that don't seem to go together. So I'll just have to get used to that. But for people like me that haven't used that much, what do we need to do? We'll have the link to the LOCAD uh, group, but is it pretty much create a Google account if you don't have one and go to that link and then you just start posting stuff on there or is there a way to keep the threads consistent or what, what kind of things should we know if anything so that me and others can participate properly okay so i believe uh, the google group or news group or mailing list format it's uh, something that had been around since the dawn of uh, computers yeah uh, it will while you're browsing on the web mm-hmm. it uh, looks like web forum where we can see the topics and you can browse through the topics and see uh who was posting there, and you can post your replies. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to post the replies, uh, you need to have a Google account. Okay. And actually, before you're able to post for the first time, your uh, like reply will be moderated because we were having too many spam bots. Okay. It's like this moderation happens only once uh, per account. However, like uh, you don't really need to use the web interface, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, you can actually subscribe and ask to receive notification either like once per day or as soon as uh, a new message shows up. And then you'll have these notifications showing up in your mailbox and you can actually reply to them. Okay, so is Google Groups, is it literally just, just a news group server, same, same old, old news group stuff? You know, you can get it from emails or same kind of thing, it sounds like. Exactly, it supports uh, MNTP protocol, okay. but you can uh, communicate uh, by emails. Okay, and the the project that we're talking about here that that the community has started is that is it one particular topic that has all the related stuff that we should post to or reply to, or how do we kind of keep the conversation so that you know when you have a tech support question in the news group and then then that's not related to this this domain, uh, is there an easy way to kind of keep track of the you know I might only care about this conversation for now. Is there a way to not have to read the other fifteen posts? <laughs> Like this uh, conversation, started. like like the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, this conversation started in the self-descriptive topic called potential simplification in local security direct message dispatch. I see. However, during the discussion, we got slightly carried away. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, I will actually create uh, a sticky post, so that will show up at the top of the user group. Okay. Uh, so you and I think there is a setting where if you participate, like if you uh, join or post a reply to one topic, uh, you will automatically receive all replies to that topic. Got it. So so generally for this this topic, as long as everyone's reading that topic and replying to that topic, the conversation will stay uh, together. Yes, cool. and it will stay on the top user group. Perfect. That sounds good. Uh, one other interesting uh, topic that is currently stuck to the top, it's a list of use cases of Look at SecureS that mm-hmm. people happen to to use this enormous complexity in the real-world applications or while building real-world applications or while studying. And it is uh, quite interesting and inspiring. Cool. Oh, is, uh, is that the survey, the how do you use locad.secure survey? Cool. Uh, 
Uh, okay, so having that said, the next steps around this Don't Break the Chain project uh, will be to actually start talking about the domain model and to set up the initial look at security infrastructure to host the domain model. That's the usual yada yada with the worker role, with the uh, web, simple web UI, and with the contracts and domain library project. And I'm sure like in the subsequent episodes, we'll actually go in detail for each of the projects and say what they mean and how they do their work around. Okay, but for now, that's just infrastructure we can kind of not worry about, and then we'll get into the details of what all that that free stuff is. Yes, and actually, like the core domain model of this project, it will look and be structured absolutely like the application service that we'll be talking in the next episode. Cool. So, episode well, when we get about the factory application service, the naming conventions, the way the specifications are written, uh, the way code is brought together, even names of the interfaces, they do match to the product, current production usage at Lookout Securities. At Lookout. Oh, good. Cool. So I think for not just me, but anyone else listening who may have been procrastinating doing some of your homework, uh, if you've been following along, the thing to make sure you're doing is maybe even listen to the previous episodes and make sure you understand that foundational stuff. At the very least, check out episode seven again, because we clarify the, the car factory domain model in there and some of the mistakes that were made earlier and get that homework done and refactor it to the best of your ability with your specifications so you can test it. And in the next episode, we'll take a look at at least what I did, Renat's feedback to that, talk about the application services, and then be ready to jump right into this new domain of Don't Break the Chain that we just got done talking about. So I think that's where we are. Yep. And actually speaking of the episodes, so if there are any listeners out there who have a little bit of spare time and want to help pushing being the worst uh, com. And given the fact that they already learned the part that they want to, to learn by doing homework and or trying to port the code into their uh, own framework, I mean, sorry, a framework language of their choice, uh, one additional thing that can be done to help us uh, is to actually start listening to the episodes and start transcribing them. Yeah. Uh, if you have a little bit of, bit of spare time, you can, and if you have an episode that you like, except the episode with Greg where sound quality is horrible, uh, you can drop a comment to the episode announcement at beingthewords.com saying, hey guys, uh, like uh, I've started transcribing the episode and here are my notes. Uh, please uh, post them to the other GitHub or to the blog post episode. Certainly and gladly do that. This will help uh, not only for you to understand better because while you're writing down, you tend to get uh, into deeper understanding that's similar, for example, to what Kerry was doing while taking notes of the episodes over and over again, which actually caused uh, a bit of delay. Uh, the second advantage of that, you will be helping other people who are not extremely familiar with the English language and for whom listening to the episode uh, is a bit hard. Uh, I know that there are such people, like for example, uh, Wonder Not, he was uh, giving classes in Latin America, and he was mentioning our uh, podcast probably unrightfully but still and uh, i was getting mentions that it's a bit hard for people to listen to that if there are transcripts of the episodes it's much much easier for non-anglophones uh, to understand the podcast and actually spread the knowledge and get better developers 
Yes, and if it's in text and somehow the sound sounds like a fish then it's at least you can uh at least you'll be able to read it with your eyeballs and use translation tools to try to figure out what the heck we were actually talking about. So and if we actually get some participation on that sooner than later, that'll push us to maybe even figure out a way to to capture that nicely and I don't know, markdown in GitHub or something. And we we've been talking for a while about wanting to sort of document this as we go and I've got some random notes and we have bits and pieces here, but it sure would help if anyone wanted to jump in and start to documenting those conversations and that'll maybe force us to put some structure around it and get it published. But uh, hopefully we'll eventually do that regardless, but you guys can help us accelerate it if you want to jump in. If uh, coding's not your thing that day, then maybe... You don't need to be a typist, but even like if you're spending 15 days documenting the thing, probably uh, in a few days you'll be able to finish one of the shorter episodes. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to keep procrastinating it. See, then what I'll do is I'll get it in. Oh, never mind. Don't get me on a tangent right now. <sighs> and one additional thing is uh, already while uh, talking about this episode or explaining uh, some ideas from being the worst to new developers, I quite often get uh, a few ideas and thinking, okay, hey, this could have been explained better. This could have been explained better. However, uh, since like the only real way to provide this explanation is to be re- record the episode, and we have so much other ground to cover, so this is not g- uh, going to come anytime soon. But if we had transcripts, it would be much easier for me like to pop in uh, into the GitHub repository and edit and add a, a paragraph or two somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And I'll probably be, even have some of those questions with with my notes too, because I, as I was listening, I was sort of just summarizing myself, and at the very least, I, I'll try to get that in a way that's publishable so that you can sort of read over it or not and see if almost be the technical editor of my notes and say, no, you, you misunderstood that. That's not actually correct or whatever. And I think if we could start something like that and then the community helps out, uh, that's, that's a great way to get those questions answered. And speaking of sort of the feedback we've been getting, appreciate the people going into the Trello board. Uh, we're getting more activity on there, people adding new comments to the backlog or onto existing episode ideas. So we are still looking at that. I haven't been doing such a great job at checking out user voice. I know there's actually some votes on there, but I've never used user voice, so just procrastinated figuring that out. But we'll take a look at uh, the user voice and Trello, and, and we're, we still read all that stuff and read all the comments on beingtheworst.com. So continue to give us your feedback on the website, on Twitter, wherever you want to give it. But uh, really appreciate that and keep it coming. Uh, hey, I have a feature for uh, Don't Break the Chain project. Uh, it is to make some chain public. And this way, uh, I'll have one chain spend at least five, 15 minutes every day uh, on pushing, doing something for being the worst podcast. So uh, the entire community will actually see if I procrastinated or I didn't. Yeah, exactly. I'll need that too. And then they'll, we'll just start getting publicly shamed into continuing our <laughs> contributions to the world here. So cool. Wait, encouraged. Yes, encouraged. Yes. Or change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Cool, man. Uh, I think I think that's a show. I think that'll do it. Uh, anything else you want to say about uh, what I should be doing on my homework, please, finally, eventually, or what uh, people should do to get ready for next time? Any homework or anything like that? Okay, so uh, not much of the new stuff, just to highlight the existing moments. Uh, while during the last week, uh, I've been coaching a new uh, developer intern at Ufa Opposite Moncad, and he was actually going for them. Don't uh, being the worst episodes and the homework. And one thought that I was getting and uh, I found myself repeating over and over again is that 
this uh, homework, it might uh, feel simple, but it's actually kind of compresses the sad, sad or uh, painful or uh, rubber rocky experience with uh, development that I had earlier. Mm-hmm. And it actually helps you to work around the, a lot of mistakes that we had. So uh, if this doing this homework or doing these exercises, uh, it feels stupid, it's not actually, uh, like in my limited experience, it's not uh, that stupid. It helps you to start thinking. It helps you to start finding, for example, dependencies between uh, real-world language, uh, between like how we explain the domain model and how we structure the domain model. Uh, I know that I've been mentioning that quite a bit of time in the previous episodes, but I really want to highlight this out. Uh, in future episodes, we'll be uh, trying to do more domain models and repeating all uh, this stupid exercise over and over again. Hopefully until the point where everybody will start getting bored with the simple domain models and say, hey, okay, I'm bored with that. Let me try doing something complex like uh, banking industry or loans or securities or whatever. Yep, and because you've been not only reiterating it on these episodes, but you've mentioned that to me um, in other channels before on the importance of that stuff, and that's really, quite honestly, all joking aside, where where the majority of the delay was. I've been spending most of my time re-listening to episode two messaging and episode three about event sourcing basics because it wasn't so much about the more obvious in-your-face code samples like, okay, yeah, you know, add product to basket, whoop-de-doo, that's a class. Yeah, it's simple, C-sharp, who cares? That's not the important part in my mind. That's the stuff that can maybe make it seem boring if you're missing the broader point of remember the things in episode two and three about words and vocabularies like i don't think i got it as well as i should have the first time that renat said it to me and the analogy like consider what the analogy really means and what a dictionary is in the real world that defines words for us and what does he mean by messages are the words in our dictionaries and instances of the message are the words that i'm speaking and the difference between speaking a word and writing a word down when I listened to those a few times, my brain started to accept the fact that this isn't just some random class name to make it kind of convenient to read the code. This is embracing the essence of unifying programming language and human spoken language so that it becomes ubiquitous. And and that's where I was really trying to force myself to to accept that and, and get past the sort of what might seem to be boring, easy, simple coding exercises because I realized there was a broader point there and I'm trying not to allow myself to take the shortcut of just going to episode seven, pasting some of the specifications Renaud already had in there, changing the names and say, hey, look, Renaud, I did my homework, I'm done. That's stupid. That's the stupid thing in my mind uh, is doing that kind of approach to it. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. All right, man. Uh, thanks for joining uh, last second here. I know it's later for you. I'm um, glad we were able to record one here and we'll, we'll get this out to everyone. Uh, haven't mentioned it in a little bit. I don't remember. I'll just say it again anyway. So remember, go to beingtheworst.com and leave your comments on the episodes. We read every single one and try to reply if there's questions and gather feedback and questions there. We're on Twitter at beingtheworst and on Trello as well. There's links to all that stuff on the About page uh, if you're new to the stuff. And again, sorry about the audio quality issues last episode. And if you don't speak English natively, you're probably really excited that I'm speaking at 300 miles per hour right now and have no idea what I'm saying. So, all right, Renat, I'm going to stop messing around and let you go. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, it was actually good to get back on track. I agree. Cool, guys. Uh, We'll see you next time, and uh, take it easy. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thanks.